Bring them in on the rail at a jog, please. On the rail at a jog. All right, everyone, we are back with another On the Rail podcast episode. And this is going to be a little bit traumatizing for Liz and I, I feel like. But entertaining, I think, for you guys. In the nature of the Valentine's holiday, we decided it would be fun to have our significant others on to talk about being dating married to a horse girl when you're not a horse guy and kind of all their perspectives. So I know we've talked about this before, but like Liz and I didn't know each other before she asked me to do the podcast here, but we are literally like the same human for most things, you know, like we are both introverts and we joke about that all the time. So I'm curious to see what kind of guys we chose and align ourselves with, I couldn't have married somebody that is more the polar opposite to me than what I am. So I don't know if that's true for her too, but we're going to find out very soon. And also with that being said, just want to give you guys a fair warning that language may be a little more explicit on this one. So if that's a concern for you, then here's your forewarning and, you know, listen to it when your children are in bed or something. (laughs) We're not good with kids. So there we go. So with that being said, I want Lance and Jason to both introduce themselves. Tell us who you are, what you do for a living, a little bit of background about your just general life story, (laughs) and we'll go from there. Jason, you go first. I'm Jason Keller from Northwest Ohio. I own a towing and trucking company. I've got my hands involved in a little bit of a lot of things. Between the towing and trucking company and then my help my brother, he owns a truck repair shop. I'm still in the army. I'm in the reserve. So a weekend warrior, one week in a month. And then Liz and I are in the process of starting a brick and mortar store right now. Been about a year in the process of doing renovations on my one building, trying to open up a feed and tack and kind of like an equine store. So got my hands involved in a little bit of a lot of things that keep us up at night. But yeah, so I grew up in a towing and trucking company, big international semi-dealership family. My grandpa started it back in the 40s. After he passed away, my dad and uncle took it over. And then when my father passed away about six years ago, some unfortunate things happened with family and just didn't work out. And my brother and I, we decided three years ago to go on our own. And we started our own towing trucking company. It's been a process. We've started it from the ground up and We've got a handful of employees now and handful of trucks. And I mainly specialize in the trucking and towing division. So we go from coast to coast, towing semis and moving machinery, excavators. I mean, whatever it is. I always feel like Liz is telling me that you guys got up at 3 a.m. one morning to go up to Michigan or something and pick up a truck and come back. And I'm like, yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> That's just part of the job, right? Yeah, it's 24-7, especially the towing company. You never know when a truck's going to break down or go in the ditch or, and so it's very, that end of it's very demanding on the equipment side. It's, it's a bit nicer because it's a lot more scheduled stuff, but it's just a part of it. I wouldn't change it for anything. So he doesn't have a sleep schedule. That's for sure. I don't think you do either. I mean, I have a more structured. Many of us have sleep schedules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. When you run your own stuff, but I mean, this, he like will be gone for hours and then he'll get home. And I'll be going to bed because it's a reasonable time to go to bed. 
9 p.m. And he's up until like 1.30. Case in point, last night. Like I just, whatever. He has no sleep schedule. A lot of people have rode my ass for years about trying to find balance. And I've just began to accept. I don't I don't believe in balance with owning our own companies. I'm, I have a problem with I'm always all in all the time. But not to... I don't know how to say this to like not come across like arrogant. My brother and I, we we don't have balance. We are always on with our businesses and we've been doing very well. We're growing them. They're growing rapidly. So I don't want to change what I'm doing because whatever we're doing is, is working. So when I talk to other business owners, I haven't met one yet that's successful that says they have like this balance because her and I, we can be on the couch watching TV and I'm on my iPad quoting jobs or billing jobs or bidding on jobs or, you know, it, it never, there's never such thing as off work when you're owning your own business. But I've said for a long time, that's why her and I work so well, because she's never not doing something with her businesses, with working full time. And now with, with everything you guys are doing with the podcast, she's always working. So it works well with, she can't ride me for balance because she doesn't know it either. <laughs> Right. I feel like Liz and I have had that conversation before, but whenever you have, you know, like the entrepreneurial spirit, you're, there is no work hours. It's like, that's, it's just work life. It's 24 yeah. seven. It's hard to turn it off. And I believe if you love what you're doing, it, I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. We work hundred plus hours a week and it doesn't, there, don't get me wrong. There's days and there's weeks where you're just like, it, it's, you're just eating shit sandwich after shit sandwich. And it's like, man, what am I doing? But I wouldn't change it for anything. I mean, I would, if you handed me everything, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't change what we're doing. So, yeah, I can fully relate to that. And I'm sure you can too. So, you want to give your background? Yeah. So I'm Lance Tolson. I'm Jenna's other half and what I do for a living. So it's nothing sexy. I go in and do (laughs) safety and health audits. So basically what we do is go into general industry before OSHA comes in, before tort liability things like that and find the gaps and say, okay, here's what you're doing. And mostly from the chemical side of things, not, not as much PSM or process safety management side of things, but just make sure to close those gaps, close those liabilities, take care of people. So I get what you're saying. I'm used to being on the road. I mean, I, I live on the road pretty much for the most part, but like this week I was up to two 30 in the morning, get done at six at night. And I love it. Like, like you said, like when you love the grind and you love what you do, it's not work. You don't care. But yeah, I get that, that irregular schedule. You kind of, you do what you got to do, but when, when you enjoy it, you, you really don't mind it. So it's kind of funny. We joked about it. We were like, well, I came in to do this podcast because I fly back out in the morning to go to Louisiana and <laughs> been on a three week grind until I see yes. her at paint convention. So yeah, no, it's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, he. I picked him up at the airport yesterday, and he flies out again tomorrow because I was like, "You have to be here." It's <laughs> one Sunday, so that's why we're here. But yeah, so that's a little bit about me. But yeah, no, it's it's fun. So, how did you guys meet, and when did horses get brought up in your relationship? We met. So I've got some trucks contracted with a feed company, and we haul byproduct that goes in equine feed. I'm gonna plug in tribute right yeah, there yeah tribute feed oh yeah there you oh, go. yeah it's just a it's a tiny tiny little company that nobody's yeah. heard of before <laughs> yeah. yeah so i've got a, i've got some trucks on with them we haul a byproduct that they put in their feed and we go to a plant that used to be or well, still is down where liz used to live and we met online and i happened to be sitting there for hours on end waiting to get loaded and was swiping right and came across liz 
I mean, right out of the gate, every, I think every damn picture she had on there had a horse on it. So, I mean, I knew from, I the, let them know the crazy, like, yeah. time, you know, <laughs> they'd be getting, we went on our first date. Yeah. She made it very clear on our first date that she's a crazy horse girl and that's not going to change. So I have a little bit of an idea of how horse girls work. My, my mother had horses growing up. She had trail horses, but I had very little to no involvement with that. The only thing I did was shovel shit and feed it. So I don't know anything about horses until, you know, being with Liz other than just how to scoop poop and that end of it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds very relatable. I met Jenna. We went to high school together, but we didn't run in the same circles. If you would have said, give me a million bucks, if you'd be married to this girl or vice versa, (laughs) 0% chance. Like, Like, no, no. I didn't meet her standards at that point in time. Not even close, but that's okay. now I'm curious though. So what were you like in high school and what was Jenna like in high school? So bad. <laughs> I was the biggest asshole you ever met. Like <laughs> I was Mr. Three sport athlete, thought I was special. He was like your stereotypical like sports guy jock that like thought he could do no wrong kind of type. And I got along with everybody. I was friends with everybody and I was just like, you are arrogant AF and I do not like you. <laughs> so yeah, that's when I that's when I first met her. And I knew at that point. So a funny story. Oh, it was it sophomore year. She ran track. And so that's where I met her. I never really knew her before that. But she had a she had a red Mustang, like those new like 99, 2000 Mustangs. This girl pulls up in a red Mustang with with black races. I'm like, oh, that's that's one of the nice ones. That's okay. Who's this girl? You know, got my attention. So my buddy's like dibs. If we date anybody, <laughs> I get to date her. I'm like, you asshole. Okay. So he was a senior. And, and so she ended up dating him. So that's how we ended up meeting each other. But come our sophomore year, like Jenna was pretty good. She was athletic and was like the, the anchor on the four by one. And so the women's track coach was came to Brant and I were like, Hey, can you talk to her? I mean, she's not coming out for track. Like we really need her. Can you talk her into it? And so I tried to approach her in between like one of these breaks in classes. And I mean, I didn't know her that well, but I was like, well, why aren't you doing this? Like, you're really good. So I'm my horses, no, no shot. So I remember going up to Shafe after that and being like, yeah, no, that's not happening. So at that point in life, at like 14, 15 years old, I'm like, this girl's horse nuts. And so <laughs> I knew it. I knew it from that point forward. And and I still jump back into that crazy this is so nonsense. funny because I, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> but Long story short, like we did not, we were not friends or even keep in touch, nothing. I mean, after he was two or three years older than me, like graduated, yeah. went to different schools. He went to Kansas and I went to Kansas State. So Which Kansas State sucks, you know, it's kind of like Ohio State and, and that school up north, you know. But. Stop it. <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm trying not to cuss on the podcast. <laughs> I've already broke that rule for you. So you're yeah, uh, I know. Rock chalk. And I dated a guy through most of college, got out of college, and that fell apart and whatever. And then one day he shows up in my DMs on Facebook. And oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was like everybody, it was like we knew each other in high school, but like we're not like a high school sweetheart story, like by yeah. any means. Cause I would have bet anybody a million dollars at that point in time that we would have never in a million years ended up together. <laughs> so what was your initial reaction when you knew she was a horse girl? But it didn't really, it didn't bother me just because growing up around that kind of world, honestly, it was appealing to me because I know the work that goes, I'm attracted to hard work, can't stand laziness. 
So then like when we went on our date and she's telling me about all these irons that she has in the fire going with her businesses and everything. I mean, it was appealing to me, but I also know what horse, the horse industry a little bit. I'm learning more every day about the horse industry, but I know she's got a crazy side door because you have to, if you, if you <laughs> own these all? fucking things. So yeah. <laughs> horse women are nuts. Yeah. yeah. But here we are. As so. you sit next to us. Yeah. It's yeah. great. She lets me golf and, and do all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, she doesn't complain about me buying semis all the time and trailers and whatever else. So I yeah, can't. That's fair. Yeah. 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 And she'll she drives me to five six hours away to pick up these semis. So I can't I can't have much of an opinion because she doesn't she doesn't ride me at all. Everyone listening to this, just take note of that. Just take note. It's almost like everything comparison is cheaper than horses literally <laughs> yeah no yeah. have you lost your mind yeah. yes <laughs> yes yeah oh. so i just remember like when lance had trying to get me to go out on a date with him when we were adults so this is like well after college kind of thing and i was just like look like i do the horse thing this is a non-negotiable item most people don't want to do this it's my whole life, you know, like just leave it at that. Like before I would even go on a date with him. So I feel like for us, it was, I was pretty much like out there with that. Well, let's back up. You shot me down for at least like a year, year and a half. <laughs> I mean, I kept, you know, it was kind of like, so when she was single, I slid in her DMs and no, no. And she, she wasn't ready. She wasn't ready to go on a date. And so all of a sudden, like, she's like, well, I'm moving to Texas. So she went down to, she had a really good Western pleasure horse and went down to Simon's and, and rode in their barn. And like, they kind of helped her out and whatever. Then like six months later, she's like, well, I'm back. Okay. So, you know, th- periodically I just be like, Hey, how's it going? How are you in Texas? And I think what was it, like three, four months after that, we finally went on our first, like she wouldn't call it a date. I took her to a big Monday game, which of all things, she, we went to KU Mizzou game, one of the last ones. And I'm like, you understand how big a deal this is? She's like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm like, well, cool. <laughs> Fun first date. No, but it was that was like, what, a year and change later, maybe, from the first time I'd like talk to you, I think. Yeah. Something crazy like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I was pretty like, I think in the beginning, just pretty like black and white about like horses are non-negotiable. This is what it is. It takes all of my life. They're not going anywhere. You know, so you probably don't want to get into this. I'm just giving you like a fair warning. I think with owning horses, you have to be black and white because they're going to learn real quick that it consumes every and all of your time. So why waste their time if. Right. It's almost like the kid subject. Like, do you want kids? Do you not want kids? But that's something that has to be brought up pretty early ish in a serious conversation, because if Mm -hmm. you're not on board or on board, you know, if that's a deal breaker for you, then needs to be discussed. And Right. right. I mean, for better or for worse, horses are the same way. I can't even remember what, like, on those dating sites. By the way, it was Bumble, not Tinder. <laughs> so that means so that means she had to slide into my DMs. I, I did have to slide into his DMs first. And But what I was going with was, I don't even remember what, like, my bio was on there, but I know it had something to do with horses. And then, like, literally every picture, maybe except one, was a booty pic from the gym, you know, because you have to throw that in there on your dating sites but every other picture i think was horse related Mm -hmm. but yeah bumble makes the woman if you match makes the woman dm first so i had to slide into his dms which i almost didn't 
Because one thing we didn't mention is he's younger than me, and I usually don't do that. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. Yeah. We just escaped the generation of online dating, which is so common and popular now. But like we were, I really feel like we were like the last ones right before, before blew up, blew any, up. like even Tinder really was almost a thing. So I, tell like, you, I can't. Trying to date at 28 years old was garbage. Straight yeah. up, just garbage. So I hear stories that I'm like traumatized by listening to stories about it's awful the online dating scene, but that's how it works now. Like, it totally. And I, we both joke, we're like, if we got divorced or something, we'd be like fish out of water. Like, Ugh. we have no idea how to navigate that, no you know, scene or whatever. Yeah, it's not fun. So, for you, Jason, how different now is your life? with horses and Liz than what you initially expected, even knowing like she was a horse girl in the beginning, but like what's different about it now? I mean, it's a lot different now, especially mm-hmm. with the business was businesses that we're building within the equine industry. If it wasn't for her, there's not a chance I would be involved at all. What's funny about that part is we were only dating for like a month or two before I was like, so uh, your property is like, has a really good location for like, you know, attack and feed store, <laughs> especially with an arena opening three miles down the road. And you have a giant driveway where people can park get their trailers even. Well, and then, and then I, I had a problem with, I would right out of the rip, I was going to getting drugged to horse shows and I can't walk into anywhere or like anything without like that business side of my brain, like observing everything. Oh, and like, we go to these shows and like, and I'm not by any means not knocking these trailers, but like we go to these shows and like, if they have like a mobile trailer there, it's like a boutique style trailer. And you walk in and there's not a single thing for a guy, not a shirt, not a hat, not a nothing. And like, I like shirts, hoodies, that type of thing. Even if I'm not a horse guy, like there was nothing there. So like I'm walking through and I'm like, man, if I'm going to be drugged to these things, I'm going to come here and try making some money. So I was like, (laughs) kind of put the ball in her court. I'm like, Hey, if I get a trailer, like a enclosed trailer, you're going to all these shows every weekend. Anyway, why not drag it along and see if we can. So that kind of got everything, the wheels in motion. And then the brick and mortar store came open. Cause I've got a building with a section that we don't use. Cause it, it's not big enough for what I do. It's right off a state route with a giant lot. And then, uh, like she said, about three miles up the road from me, there's a giant arena that just opened up that are doing cow horse stuff, pleasure shows, kind of everything all throughout the week, every week. So, but yeah, no, as far as how much my life's changed, I would drastically now. Maybe um, for the better. Definitely. We know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. rolls his eyes over yeah. here, just for all the listeners. That you know, can't see. <laughs> it's not bad. I don't mind going to shows for the most part. I mean, I, it gets me out of work gets me away and it's she enjoys it it's something that we can do together to both kind of disconnect from reality for a few hours even though it's it's stressful at shows and whatnot but it's fun i mean i don't i really don't mind it and what about you lance how's life different than what you thought you were getting into well the biggest difference i've always been super spontaneous my whole life so it could be like a Friday night and I'd look the next day and be like, oh, there's a basketball game in Dallas or, oh, there's this fight in Vegas. Let's go, you know? And so I, I before her, I call a buddy like, hey, let's let's fly out. Let's go to this. And so the biggest thing, and I, we always joke about it now because she'll tease me and be like, 
hey, let's go do this. All right, let's go. I'll, I'll look at fly spelling. We fly out at six o'clock in the morning. No, you can't do that because you've got horses. You know, you gotta, you've got to have everything lined up to take care of them. So that's probably been the biggest change and the biggest difference because I was so spontaneous before and I still am. Like when I'm out working and stuff, I do all sorts of crazy shit, but it just kind of, you never, never know. So I, that's probably the biggest difference with me before to now. Would you agree with that, Jenna? Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> not new to me because I'm like, I always feel like you, there's so many, you can't leave your farm or your ranch or whatever when there's horses, dogs, no. property, everything. And he travels for work 95% of the year. So I'm the one that's always responsible for keeping everything running. And so for him, it's very easy to like come and go. But for me, it's requires like a lot of planning and work to be gone. You know, I love to go travel and go on vacations and do things, but it also is like so stressful to me at the same time to plan all that out. So I grew up on a farm with no livestock. So it was always just like wide open. And my mom's the same way. I mean, she, she'll be like, yeah, let's go do this, you know? So I guess that's where it came from. So it's just different. It's just a shift, you know? It's kind of the same on our, our end too. I mean, unfortunately, or however you want to word it, a lot of the day-to-day stuff around the, ho- the house in here falls on her because I can get a call tonight and be headed to Florida to go pick up a truck. I mean, we a lot of our accounts and, and customers, I mean, when they break down, we go wherever, whenever to pick up their trucks and tow them back to Ohio. And I mean, it's like fly the seat of your pants. I mean, we can go, we cannot do nothing. And then tomorrow or tonight, you know, be gone for three days. So it's and I'm the kind of the same way as you. Like, I can just kind of go up and leave, but a lot of it, yeah, it falls onto her to make the day to days function. That's fun though. Keep the living things alive, I should say. Fun for exactly. you is the question. Us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need somebody just like me to do what I do, so then I can be like him and just like float in and out whenever yeah. I, you know, mm-hmm. casually want to. That'd You're nice. so structured. There's no way that could ever work for you. Yeah, I'm not spending <laughs> no at all. Yeah, zero yeah. percent chance. Yeah. I feel like Liz. Liz is probably the same. Way. Liz is the exact same way. It's like eight thirty. She's looking at her watch. She's like, "Well, I think it's about time to put my PJs on and go to bed." And I'm like. I'll be home in four hours and then I'll be gone before you're up. And it's like, yeah, she's very much the same way. And it's so funny because as Jenna said in the beginning, we're, we had no idea about each other prior to me reaching out to her. And (laughs) we're just, every time we talk alone, it's just, we are the same person. We are are the same person. It's slightly like scary. (laughs) That there's another person out there is like, awful as I am in my brain, but yeah, it's great too. (laughs) So I guess we'll go with Lance first this time, since I'm asking the question, how have you handled being married to Jenna being first girl? It's just a shift. I mean, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, we don't have kids, we have horses, but they are our kids because, you know, all the time and effort work that goes into it. I mean, it's a lifestyle. So, I mean, I guess, you just, it was a change in mindset of, you know, this is your life. This is what you're going to do. Like this morning, I didn't want to get up at seven, seven thirty, And I'm like, I got to go out and feed the horses. You got to turn them out. And so like every day, it doesn't matter if, you know, like last two weeks, it was like 10 degrees. You know, you're going to go out and you're going to shovel shit and you're going to make sure they're fed and their blankets are on. Oh yeah. Blankets. I never knew you put blankets on animals when it was cold, but ours, it gets down like, Yo, know, oh, yeah. like 20 degrees, they're going to have blankets and they're going to have heaters and extra hay. And oh my <laughs> Lord, it is something special. 
we moved her horse yesterday. Uh, we went to a show. He, she showed yesterday. It was like six degrees up here. We showed up to the barn to get this horse, him. And I never knew. He looked like the kid off the Christmas story that's walking <laughs> outside with all the coats on. And I was like, I never fucking knew you put 25 coats. And I mean, I just, we get to the show and it's like just layer after layer after layer. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I mean, something I had no idea. <laughs> it was cold and he hasn't been trailered in over a year. So I didn't want him to get sick. So we had layers on. Oh, and he's always in a controlled temp barn year round. That's 70 <laughs> degrees. So oh, yeah, he's he miserable. He's like, yeah, he was this, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, none of ours are slick here. Like I have retirees and cripples and donkeys at our house. So when he says we put blankets on them when it's under 20, like they're not slick here. Even the donkeys. So, but even the donkeys get blankets. And now they're like, but, ooh, we got our blankets. We're excited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want them to be cold. No. Exactly. So how have you handled being with me as a horse girl? Oh man. <laughs> Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've just learned to just kind of roll with, I let you have your little moments and meltdowns with where he's going with this is yesterday, <laughs> the day before yesterday, actually Friday, we went to pick up Lincoln and in my head and he yells at me because I don't communicate well, supposedly in my head, I'm communicating just fine. But I told him that I had a work meeting at 2 PM and that we could leave after that. But then he wasn't home because he's been working on the new semi. And I said, well, I picked up another work meeting at three. So we can't leave until after that. But I didn't say that. I just said, I have another meeting at three. So I'm getting anxious because he's not home yet. And I'm ready to go because I wanted to load Lincoln, at least in the daylight, because he hasn't been trailered in a long time. (laughs) Right? So Jenna understands this. Like I wanted, I just wanted daylight so we could load him. And I would have preferred to unload him at this new facility that he's never been to and the daylight as well, but whatever. But I was getting like, I was, I was just being a big B word on Friday. So that's him saying he was giving me my moment. (laughs) I've just found in her world. And I don't know if it's horse girls or just Liz's world. (laughs) Things that are like the biggest of ordeals are they're not, they're not that big of a deal. And you just got to breathe and the world's not crashing down. Nothing's changed other than the daylight, but we have lights on the trailer and lights outside and phone lights on our phones. And, but yeah, I mean, I I think I've, I think I've done pretty well handling it. I've just learned with her that when it comes to Lincoln and the horse stuff that she gets stressed and wound up pretty, pretty well. And I just gotta, you just gotta let her, she's like the Tasmanian devil. You just gotta let her spin out and she calms down. Is that our trauma, Jenna? Do you think like that's just coming from our trauma from the industry? Viscerally feel like how our plants need to go with horses because they're such sensitive creatures. Anyway, like we joke all the time. Like he's always like the horses try to kill themselves like every day. The donkeys are fine. Like they're totally fine. Whole different animal, but horses try to kill themselves. So when we set plans, we have this like perfect plan of action that needs to happen so we don't spiral out of control exactly that and then when anything gets ruined with that then oh, it's God. a problem <laughs> we, we, there was a couple of years ago at the world show it was it was a nightmare there was like four classes in a row so her trainer had you know person after person after person and jenna's sitting back here 
And I'm like, you're going in like 20 minutes. It's no big deal. Just chill out. Well, she's just like, oh, I, I got to do this. You know, I will start turning. Like you said, like, if this isn't happening. I'm like, just go out and show. And I mean, it's so funny because she was just like such a nervous wreck. And, I, and like, I don't get that because like we said, athletically, like, I was a gamer. Like I was ready when it was time. The lights were on. I'm like, let's go. Like, I love that. But her, no, if it's not like perfectly in order and something comes out of the, out of the realm, like just all the fucking wheels fall off. Like, I think maybe part of my problem is like, and especially if anybody listens to this has, has been in the military, you're going to know that they come up with plan A, B, and maybe C, but by the time you're fucking done, you're on plan Z because nothing goes as planned ever. And you'll sit around and wait for nothing all the time, always. And then you'll do something that makes no sense. So like between years of the military and then like years in my business, like I've just, I do not get excited when things don't go like exactly how I kind of had drawn out because I just know that there's going to be 12 roadblocks and U-turns and things in the way of no matter what I'm trying to do. So I think that's a bit of a difference between her and I is like the wind changes direction with her plan. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm melting down. And you know, where I'm just like, well, it is what it is. I mean, getting mad about it's not going to change nothing. So I do feel like you're not wrong. Like you're very, you're very right. And I do feel like that is life with horses because very rarely do things go to a plan. I mean, like you're talking about trying to ride or deal with another 1200 pound animal that has its own brain. And, you know, if you have mares aren't agreeing with you at least 75% of the time. But I do think for Liz and I probably uniquely, like we're plan to make a plan kind of people. (laughs) So this is probably isn't even a horse person thing. This is just a Liz and Jenna thing that like we (laughs) we need our plans to go according to plan. Like I always try not to be a perfectionist, but like I am. So then when I have those plans and they go sideways, you're right. My entire just being is like, (laughs) doesn't, it's not working. So your military background, you're probably the same. Like, I can't be late. Like, I if I'm late, I am so angry about it. I'm like well, 10 minutes early. That, that's me. So if that'll get me off. Every, we all have our triggers. That's well, mine. Did, did Jenna tell you earlier about when Liz got scared at the end of their last podcast? They were finishing up their podcast, and we were supposed to be at this birthday party at 1. And it was 1.15, and she's in here just gabbing away. So I... I walked outside and where she has her podcast room, there's an outside window and I stood on a chair and I scared the shit out of her. And I was like, looking at my watch, like, let's go. We're 15 <laughs> minutes late. It was funny. It works. But yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm the same way. Like, yeah. Time to me gets me anxious. Like, yes, hundred percent. So you guys are crazy gluttons for punishment, obviously, but how do you explain our horse world and horse craziness to your like family, close family and friends? Now that I'm learning this, the kind of the pleasure side of it, it's a lot different than what I was around with my mom growing up because she just did trail riding with a group of friends. But it's unique. The money that I see spent inside the equine world is wild to me. I'll never forget the first show I went to with her. I'm driving through the parking lot with my pickup and I just see rig after rig after rig that's two, three hundred thousand dollars And I'm just like, holy shit. And then we're at a show and she's talking to some girl and she spent a couple thousand dollars on a jacket. And I'm just like, I mean, that, that to me, like when I'm like, you know, when I start talking to like where buddies ask or whatever, I'm just like the financial end of the equine world to me blows my mind. Just the, even from everything from the horse down to what they're wearing, to what 
is pulling the horse. I mean, just it's crazy to me. And then the other crazy part is like yesterday we spent well over three, $400 for a couple hours show. And she walked away with some ribbons. Oh yeah. Ribbons and buckles. They're worth all that money. Yeah, I, just, I just, when I add it up at the end of the year, I go, you sure you want to do this? Like, yeah, you love it that much. <laughs> that's kind of what like shocks me. Like when I talk about it with buddies, I'm like, that's what blows my mind the most is like, I've got buddies that are into like, you know, sprint car racing or whatever. That's like oh, super expensive, but the payouts are 10, 20, 000, you know, that type of thing that I'm then like, we're in the truck home yesterday. And I'm like, well, we spent almost about $500 for a few hours and walked away with a couple of ribbons. <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> but makes her happy. So <laughs> I always tell my family and friends, I'm just like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to like legit, I, th- this is verbatim. Unless you want to light money on fire, don't do it. Like no, I agree with you. It is, it is the craziest damn thing I've ever seen in my life. That you, you just like take a wheelbarrow and set it on fire and throw it in. And that's, that's the horse world. <laughs> it's crazy to me how it doesn't phase the people in the horse world. Like they drop a couple thousand dollars on a jacket. And to me, I'm like throwing up in my mouth, like just to hear that. And like, to them, it's just like, just, you know, like look at my new jacket. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Here's the flip side though, where it works because like I collect memorabilia and, and like sports cards. And so I'll spend stupid money on a piece of cardboard and she'll look at it and be like, what the hell is that? And right. I'm like, oh, but mine actually makes money. Yours, yours depreciates and, and mine is usually an appreciating asset. So yeah. I'm like, so maybe little, uh, nine times. Maybe he's on both of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you there because my idea of fun and businesses is overwhelmingly expensive, like between semis and equipment we buy and, and whatnot. So yeah, he's sitting here saying he's going to throw up in his mouth over a $2,000 jacket, but he just dropped, I don't know, a hundred K in like two weeks on a new trailer and a new semi. But my head, but you that's, can make money. Right, right. That's where my head goes with it. But, but yeah, so I guess whatever makes the world go if around. If there's an ROI, then absolutely. If there's right. not, and the ROI right. on horses, I haven't seen it yet. Except right. For one horse we bought and I, sold. We we did good one time. <laughs> I think there's an ROI in the horse world if you don't own the horse. I think you can make a good business or a good living inside the horse industry not owning the horse. And whether that's... Because then you don't have the burden. Right. Whether that's providing a service, a product, anything other than owning the damn horse. <laughs> yes. To be I'm fair, I never proclaimed or tried to say that we got into horses to make money. Like, obviously we're pretty well aware, especially as amateurs, like this Mm -hmm. is an open pit hobby that we're not trying to make money. And it is insanity still to me, the, like the amount of money in some circles that is spent in the horse world. So I'm not going to like begrudge that, but like, we're not trying to make money at this. It's just a very expensive hobby, which we're always like second guessing ourselves and questioning if our inputs are matching our outputs. So, you know, you're not wrong. Hey, w- when you die, you can't take it with you. So enjoy it on the, on the right. way. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I've always said. Hey, if this is what keeps your brain normal and makes you happy, <laughs> you know, normal. then, then by all means, you know, as long as your bills are paid, I guess, you know, who cares? Yeah. As exactly. long as your lights are on, then I'm supportive of it. So on that note, you guys, I mean, Jason, you kind of touched on it, but just like, what's your perception of the whole horse industry or the general industry as a whole? 
Oh God! I mean, like the crazy amount of money that's being spent to do to win, you know, some paper ribbons. This is where he's gonna lose his filter. This is where she has to reel me in when we go to these shows because I don't come from this industry, so I am looking at it from an outsider's perspective, and I get so irritated in my own little world going to these shows because of the crazy, unnecessary, petty drama that gets involved. And also back to the money thing, I like, I could be completely in left field here and wrong, but I see people because they have money, they make it farther in this industry than the person who's out grinding and working harder. But just because they have money and can buy the buy the $100,000 horse and have the $3,000 a month trainer and this and that and the other thing, they're out getting the recognition, but they're not doing the work. And that that drives me somewhat nuts a little bit inside the industry because like in the situation of where my brother and I are, we were dealt some real shitty cards with everything that happened with our family business. And we started from the ground. We started from nothing and have grown a very large business by putting in the work. So when I see people in the horse world that don't have the big flashy money, but put in the work, but then get bypassed because the next person rolls around with the expensive horse, the expensive trainer, the expensive this, but they're not the ones putting in the work, that irks me to an extent. And I could be completely wrong. Like I say, I people listen to this, I don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about. This is just from an outsider perspective looking in. You're right, because you can put a lot better horses under you if you've got money. I mean, when it comes down to it, everybody, trainers, amateurs, it doesn't matter. They want to be on a really good horse. And there's only a finite amount of really good horses, you know, each year, whether two, three-year-olds, whenever. And so, yeah, I agree with you, but you there's got a lot better chance if you got four or five of them instead of one every five years, because you just got more bullets and more chances. I mean, I agree. I think it makes it difficult on the little guy in the industry it makes yeah. it i'm not even I'm, I'm, i don't even have a horse i don't even know but i just think from the outside looking in i think it makes it discouraging and very difficult on the person that you know is out working that thing day in and day out because they do have a say a mediocre horse trying to go up against a top line horse and you know i think there's a weird balance that i don't know how you but i also don't know how you how do you overcome that? How do you find a happy medium inside that world with that? My expectations. You just got to love the grind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're showing, you're always going to be to an extent as good as your horse flesh on, you know, underneath you. You got a ceiling. And I, you know, growing up and showing horses and, you know, I could never afford to buy a top level horse. I mean, that, and especially not a broke made one. I mean, that's, and I still couldn't to this day. I was fortunate enough to breed my youth show mare, who was by no bloodlines known to mankind, breed her to Zippo Sensation and got a filly out of her that really ended up being tremendous and great-legged and changed my life. I mean, that that horse changed my life. She took me to the Riker and did well for me and changed my life because she was that good. But I got lucky because I bred for that and got the horse. I couldn't, there's no way I could have afforded to buy a horse. Like but that. I, you know, when she showed me this whole horse thing and, you know, we got into the money of it and we start seeing the industry, you know, like I didn't know anything about it. I, that wasn't my background. Like I grew up on a farm. I hunted, fished. I like NASCAR, I like sprint cars. That's, that's my world. That's what I do. But like, 
seeing the horse world, I was amazed at how athletic the horses are like at, at the top level, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, her first horse was a, a Western pleasure horse. So I was like, damn, that thing, that, that limps like a pimp, you know, I mean, you see those things go low, you're low and sl- like slow. You're like, that's awesome. And then she got on, you know, hunter under saddle and start seeing that. And, and so it just, the level and the quality of the athletes of the horses blew me away. You know, didn't matter if we went to the NFR, you're watching these horses and you're just like, my God, these things are incredible at what they do. And so, you know, you see that and you're just like, that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool world. But I told her, I was like, if we're going to do this, like, we're going to do it. We're not going to half acid. I mean, not like we're going to have four or five bullets, but we're always going to have a really good horse. It's always going to be in with a good trainer. And I'm like, we'll make that sacrifice. We'll pay those. And, you know, but like you, I mean, I came into it. I was naive, but I was like, we're going to swing at it because if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Like, I'm not a person that's not going to, if I'm going to do something, I'm all in. And I am so damn competitive that I hate to lose. And so I'm like, I at least want the horse flesh under you to give you a chance. Like, you're not going to have a chance every time, but I want you to at least have a fighting chance. And you get kind of jaded after a while when you do this, because then all of a sudden you're like, damn it, we got third again. It, It pisses me off. But, you know, at the same time, that's that competitive drive. So that's why I love it, I guess. That's why I love the industry. At the same time, like we've never bought a a made horse. No. Like we've always either bred something or bought it young as a baby. She's got a crazy it. good eye, you know, just, just watching. And in no different, I didn't know anything about horses. And like my perception, I never went to regional shows or state level shows. Like when I came into the horse world and saw it, I went to the world show and like, that's just, that was my perception. Well, I wanted to understand what do you need to look for? Like, what's the horse supposed to do? So Jenna had told me, she's like, well, go sit out in the practice arena. Cause that's the best place to learn. And so, yeah, I'd roll my golf cart up there with a six pack of beer and sit there and watch. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I just, I'll talk to anybody. I, I'll make friends with anybody. So trainers, I wouldn't even know who the trainer was. I'm like, so what's that horse supposed to do? Can you explain this to me? I don't get it. Well, Horse people like innately want to explain it, I feel like, and want you to understand what that horse is supposed to do, like how it's supposed to do it. So, like, I think now I've got a pretty good eye. Like, Jenna will come to me, What do you think of this horse? Her trainer would come to me, Like, what do you think of this horse? You know, I mean, because I know what to look for because I didn't know anything else. And, and like anything, I'm like, I'm going to learn, I'm going to figure out what these horses are supposed to do. And then, year after year, when I saw the best ones, you kind of you see those two or three, you're like, okay, well, yeah, they're, they're a little bit fancier. They're a little bit better. And you start to see what it is and you try to, you try to conceptualize that and see it. So I guess I can see that now and I didn't know any better, but it's just that crazy athleticism and my curiosity. I'm just like, I want to win, you know? And I'm like, I don't have the chance, you know, like we don't have that ability to, you know, have, of $400,000 horses in training every year. Like we're not there. If we're there, why not? Like I said, I'm not going to take it with me when I leave. And so, I mean, that'd be cool if we get there, but we're not there. And so I'm just like, how can we still compete against them and still have the horse flesh to, to make it happen? So I, I guess that's my perception of the horse world and where I jumped in with two feet and I do have one question for for both of you just off the top of my head is like, so as far as expenses in the horse world go, like, obviously it's, I'm sure far greater than what you ever imagined, but like, 
what were you expecting versus what the reality is? I think like just the initial would be just the cost of a horse blew me away. Like I never would have imagined these 30, 40, $50,000 horses. I mean, just not being in the world of the horse world. Like that's cheap right now. Yeah. I mean, I was just blown away at what it is. Yeah. I mean, I was just blown away at what just that upfront and it blew me away because I'm looking at it from a, a standpoint of if somebody wants to get started in this world with nothing or doesn't know anything about this world, obviously the first thing you need to do to get involved in it is buy a damn horse. So like, when I seen just that upfront charge of like, or cost of horses, like just to get started in the industry, I was like, holy shit. But as far as what it costs to maintain them, I mean, I kind of had an idea just based off of what my, you know, with my mom growing up with horses. But I was just, like I say, the, that initial cost of just buying a horse to get involved in this industry. I mean, especially say you're a teenager or or you're trying to buy your daughter or teenage daughter a horse to get involved. It's like, that's a lot of money for some parents to come up with just to get them involved in an industry, you know, hopefully they like and whatever. Do you have any other comments? No, not really. I mean, I try not to think about it. Like I looked at it. <laughs> a few, I, I mean, I broke down the dollar for dollar figure a few years and it made me so sick. I was just like, I'm going to get very resentful if I keep looking at this. So I'm just not going to do it. Like all it, it is what it is. It's part of my overhead operating cost. And Basically, I started thinking, I'm like, well, I guess I'll sell two more jobs and it'll pay for it. And then we're good for the year. I mean, that, that's how I had to think about it. I just was like, that's exactly how my brain works with everything. Like when we go to a job, I'm like, okay, this pays, this job will pay the next, these three truck payments for next month. We're good yeah. there. And like, exactly. I don't, I tell her all the time, like money to me. And as crazy as it sounds, money to me is like fake at this point, because like, it's just, it comes in, it goes out, it comes in, it goes out, it comes in. And like every dime we make, we reinvest back into everything we're doing. And it's like. It's like, yeah, I mean, just like you said, I mean, it just is what it is cost. Yeah. You're just going to adapt to it and overcome. You just make mm-hmm. the money you need to make it roll. So yep. that's how I look at it, I guess. I, I don't want to look at it because I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you're young and dumb, which I say young loosely because we're getting on that gray area of not being super young anymore. But young and dumb, you just you figure it out. You just hustle. And, you know, if you're you hustle enough, especially we're crazy enough to want to hustle for our hobby, like figure it out. Millennial Cowgirl is a marketing and media company where we offer on-site content creation for the equine industry. Everything from amateurs, professional trainers, facilities, and product supply companies. Come to us for any of your media, marketing, and content creation needs. Find us on our website at millennialcowgirl.com or on Facebook and Instagram. It's crazy to me because he actually had to talk me into buying that horse trailer because I was like, I haven't had a horse trailer since probably I was 17, honestly, because we sold after I turned 18, I had moved out of my house. So yeah, I hadn't had a horse trailer of my own since I was 17. So I've always had to rely on other people to haul. And I found the trailer that I wanted for, I don't know, three or four years. And he was like, just do it. And I'm like, it's so much money. (laughs) (laughs) So he had to talk me into spending money. Yeah. What's funny about that too, like in relation to this whole relationship thing with horses and non-horse guys is the last, well, not, I guess not the last one now, but my second fraternity prospect that we bought, he, we were in Vegas actually sitting at a bar and 
I was him hawing over buying this filly or not to be my futurity horse. And he was like, if you don't buy this thing, I'll buy this thing. I'll buy it. And I said, you can't show <laughs> And you can't. And I'll take all the money. Yeah. And I, I'm going to take the money. Yeah. So he liked it that much. And we ended up buying it and she was great and sold her. And that's the one and only horse I've like made actual good money on in my yeah. entire life. So. No, but I saw it. I was just like, I'll swing at this horse if you don't want it. And I'm like, it's good enough. I'm like, that's good enough horse flesh. I'll. I'll ride that one. I think I can make money off of it. No, I don't the know. Why guys, it's hard. So guys aren't always wrong. <laughs> not always. Maybe. I'm not. I'm not. Not going there. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the most bizarre thing that we do that we feel is completely normal, but you guys is like your mind blown or something like that? Get on the back of a two thousand pound fucking animal that can kill you. <laughs> that's it right there. Every time she gets on Lincoln, that's like 17-2 or 17-5, whatever he is, hands. He's a monster. And she just like, he does whatever she tells him to do. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. I mean, <laughs> this thing is a monster. If he wants you dead, you're dead. And like, she just walks on his back, climbs on his back, smacks him, turns him around, rubs his face. And I'm like, not a chance. She's always like, get on there. I'm like, you couldn't pay me enough. There's not a chance. <laughs> no. Nope. That's a long way down. That's the best answer. Gravity's real. But yeah, that's the most bizarre to me is just the fact that you 110 pound women get on the back of these 2000 pound animals and just have your way with them. <laughs> yeah. We have good trainers. Thank God. Yes. So I was at the world show. This might offend some people, but whatever. So I'm sitting there and it's like showmanship and you're watching, you know, some of these different classes and these women come out in these bedazzled ass jackets. And I'm like, you look like you literally got excited with a bedazzler and you're on that horse and you think this looks good. It does not look good. There's no part of that that I'm just like, I look at it and it's a, it's a normal style and everybody thinks it's normal, but. I just think it's very, very odd and very, very strange. And like, that's the first thing that hit me. And I'm like, I look at how much these things cost to have one. And I'm like, are you serious right now? That that costs that? And then they don't wash them. I'm like, what? <laughs> so that's the thing that's just normal to people in the horse world that do those classes. And I think it's just hideous. I don't know. It just doesn't. <laughs> I'm almost afraid to ask this, but what would you prefer they be wearing? Do you like the suit jackets better? Yeah, suit jackets, clean Western. Like, I think that looks way it's better. It's like a button-up shirt. Yeah, 100%. Kind of I agree. With, like with, the, with, with like, the right hat, I think that is, that clean look is a thousand times better on the back of a horse than a damn bedazzled freaking knight going into battle looking special. Yeah, I like the day shirts they wear. I like, like yeah. it's simple, clean. Like, yeah. Everyone <laughs> listening right now. Take this to the 2023 show season. This is the right. new fashion trends coming. The men I like have everybody's spoken. doing backflips actually <laughs> over these comments because yeah, go ahead, go ahead rather and, wear day shirts. Go ahead and slide in our DMs. We'll give you all the fashion tips you need. <laughs> <laughs> DMs are open. All righty. So do you go to horse shows? Why or why not? And Lance, we'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, I go. So I like I said earlier, I, I mean, I travel quite a bit with work. And so Jenna doesn't ask me to do a lot of things, but, you know, the amount of time and effort she puts into it, she's always like, hey, are you going to make it to the world show? Are you going to make it to NSBA? Like, can you come to these? And the big shows, the big shows. I'm not going to weekend show. I have no desire. And we've talked about that, but I'm like, I won't miss your big shows unless there's something crazy. And we'll have a conversation I'm like, honey, this is X amount of dollars a day. 
and I really think I need to miss it, but we'd have that conversation because I know how important it is. And I mean, I enjoy it. You know, I've, I've gotten to the point where, you know, going to the horse shows, like I said, I'm so outgoing and talk to everybody. I mean, I'm everywhere we go. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? She's like, how do you know them? I'm like, Oh, we just sit around and bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is where I said he's my <laughs> polar opposite is because one of the great things about having Lance at a horse show is that I know I don't have to babysit him or like keep him entertained, which is one of the great things about him in general, but he'll go to a horse shows with me and then he'll disappear for like four hours at a time and he'll make friends with 30 different people and they'll be sitting around drinking beer and playing bags, you know, whenever I track him down or something. So that's great. So I do feel like you've gotten a lot of friends Yeah, no, over the just, years just people. doing that, but yeah, he didn't go with the small ones, so. I feel like you and I are the same person, and the boys are the same person. <laughs> we went to this horse show yesterday. Not his wheelhouse at all. Has not been in the horse industry very long at all. And he's over by the door talking to some guy, and he's trying to pull out business cards. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? We go one place and he knows the person, like one person there. Got a new customer. He owns an excavating company and looks for someone to move his construction equipment. So how's your guy? I Hey, that was good spending that $500 then because that's going right. to be a great that's return. Right. There you right. go. There <laughs> that you was go. a net win yesterday. She gives me shit all the time because I, I don't go anywhere without business cards. I'm like, you never know who you're going to run into. Boys. I wish I was more like that. Like I have a hard time going between like, business and pleasure type things. Like when I'm in horse show mode where you can do a million amounts of networking because there's a lot of great people there that are well-connected. But I just get such stuck in my like personal hobby ways. That I'm like, oh, I don't even want to talk to him about business, but. <laughs> I've found in the last year that I sell her business more for her than she does. Drives me insane. Yeah, we need to be better. We, Liz and I know this, like we talk about it amongst ourselves all the time is like we do businesses in the horse world and we have such a hard time talking about them anyway so get better <laughs> i tell her all the time literally that's just push yourself out of your comfort zone every day for some reason on some conversation and then it just gets easy like i didn't used to like to talk about business but i'll sit around any c-suite executives now and just shoot the shit and be like we're we going golfing tomorrow you know i mean i don't care it's just, they're just people Right. And that's what I was just going to say. I kind of, I lost that filter of like, I don't care who you are. You're just a human. Like you can have as much money and the biggest titles in the world. And you put your pants on the same way I do. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like if you treat me with respect, I'll treat you with respect. And they want to be yeah. treated that way. In all honesty, like right. those right. guys want to be treated like dudes or those yeah. ladies want to just be treated normal. Yeah. They don't want somebody to bow down and kiss their ass. Cause that happens all day, every day. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. I think my personal issue is more like I wear hats. So I put on like my podcasting hat and I take that off and then I put on my business hat and I take that off and then I put on my horse show hat and take that off. Like it's hard to be all of that in one person. And, you know, I'm not saying I don't need to get better at doing that and like morphing between the things all at one time, but just be authentic across the board and it makes it easier. I don't know. Yeah. Work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> So would you guys ever show yourselves? No. <laughs> no. That's a lie. He has contemplated trying mounted shooting. I think like the one plant that we go to uh, with Tribute, the guys there, the one guy there, he does mounted shooting. And every time I go there, he's like, 
tries to talk me into it and it's sweet to watch and I like shooting guns. So like, it's what your tax dollars pay me to do. So <laughs> I'm like, if I was to do anything, it would be mounted shooting, but that's a far stretch. I'm Have gonna, you ever ridden a horse or like much? way, way, way back in the day when my mom had them, I think I got on one like twice. So you guys don't go to the barn on the weekends to ride together or anything? No, we do. She rides. I watch. <laughs> I've tried to get him. Yeah. Right there with you. He won't, for some reason, ever ride Lincoln. We're scared to die. <laughs> like I said a little bit ago, that's a 2,000-pound animal. Gravity's real, and my fat ass will hit the ground, and I just <laughs> not. Up no interest. Rolls all the way down. <laughs> yeah, I I used to like, like, I've got family that lives out in Oregon, and my, like, their high school sports out there are rodeo, which blows my mind, because in Ohio, that's not a thing. And my cousin, he's huge in the rodeo world. He does, like, bulldogging and team roping and that type of stuff. And I used to like watch his videos of like at rodeos doing bronc riding and stuff. And like, until you get close to one of these animals in person, and then like when you see like when she's loping or lunging Lincoln and he starts rearing back and kicking and I'm like, I can't fucking fathom sitting on the back of him while he's doing that. Like I have such a different appreciation for like bronc riders and all that. I'm like, you guys are insane. Like either no brains and big balls or something like that. I'm like, I, there's no way. I, there's no way. Yeah. Would you ever show Lance? Uh, well, we've got this running joke. So I'm like terrified to even I don't, this question. I always get so pissed off about the subjectivity of horse showing. I'm always just like, I can pick the top three every damn time. And when I don't see one of them in there, I'm like, well, well, that, you missed. that's a little bit of a blanket statement. Yeah, don't I can go pick one or two almost every time, but <laughs> I do. He has a good eye for the top horses. So um, give him that. And so sometimes when they're not in there, that just makes me mad. So one day I was like, is there any timed event that I could do? And so we were sitting around at one of the shows and everybody's like, well, go tying's a timed event. And I'm like, <laughs> hell yes, sign me up. So I always joke with her. I'm like, I'm going to take one of your horses one of these years. And I'm going to go out and do goat tying. But if I do it, I'm going to come out looking like Kenny Powers. And it's going to be freaking spectacular. But I'll, yes. I'll actually practice. So if you ever actually see me. In the, and you're in, fast, too. You're, I am. I, I was fast. In college, I'm so. fat and old now. But. You can have that white Kenny Powers suit that's like bedazzled when he oh, walks out. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm telling you right now, anybody, if you ever see me run in the pen, you're going to get beat if that ever happens. Because <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring it. <laughs> I already got my money on Lance. <laughs> oh Lord. My most natural thought was like you could pleasure drive. I mean, we own a no desire pleasure driver no. and you wouldn't have to ride, you know, like that would be an easy thing. I don't know. I yeah. I personally never think I will drive a horse because that's like I'm like that video on YouTube. I'm traumatized <laughs> from joke? that. Yes, that. Everything that could have went wrong went wrong in that one <laughs> class, and I have no desire to ever be in a cart. I just think a gladiator when all those carts flip over, you know. Like, <laughs> you know that's, anytime I say, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm Is good. that that show we went to at the Champion Center? Yes. So oh. she freaking took me to one of those shows. I and was working. She was working it. And I show up. It was a couple, you know, it was like in it the was, evening. Okay. First, it was a light horse show. So there were Saddlebreds, Arabs. Morgan's like it wasn't my typical yes type of show but I was working I showed up like in the evening after work or whatever and I stand out there and I'm watching this thing for like five minutes and I'm like what is this music and I'm (laughs) an organist in the middle 
I'm they looking her around. There. I'm yeah. looking around and I'm like, where's this coming from? Like, what is this? <laughs> and she came out of the office and she looks at me and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, where's this music? And she's like, see that lady all the way out in the center. I mean, a legit organist. And I'm just like, you people pay to do this. I'm like, this is another thing in the horse world that blows my mind. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> That's hilarious. And true. They do the subtle types. Mm-hmm. Do you like their music, like organ music or whatever? I just feel like it. And I'm, like, not, I'm not judging. I'm just observing. I feel hard. like that music amps the horses up. You know what I mean? Because they want them like mm-hmm. going. And they're, I could never ride one of those. Because as we die. want our horses like as comatose as possible, they want their horses as like animated. I remember back in the day when I showed open shows as a kid. And there was like your big, you know, like end of summer state level open show, but it was everything from like stock horses, saddlebreds, Arabians, Morgans, everything at the show. Well, then they'd have like a five gated saddlebred class or whatever. And they would line these things up and then they're like, don't clap because you'll scare mm-hmm. the horses. And yep. I was always like mesmerized by this because I'm like, they're like throwing firecrackers at these things as they're like coming in the arena to get them amped up. And then they're like, don't clap anybody. And I'm like, what a because like in their lineup they like park them out yeah they do it's very it's and yeah yeah i was like we can't can't judge like we're not placing judgment on that world by no it's just just different yeah and i could see how like a non-horse person specifically would be so like baffled by what's going on because i know our industry is i legit don't even know what you guys are talking about right now that's how (laughs) much i know about that part of the horse world wait until you see it But I also can't say anything because, like, I'm a goofball and, like, I go to tow truck shows and we look at tow trucks and all their cool lights. And, <laughs> yeah, that's and, like, so weird. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I'm not judging people. It takes all to make the world go round. But, like, I'll never forget when I walk into that show and I'm like, what the heck? But, like, Liz goes to semi shows with me and she's like, cool, it looks the same as the last 10. And I'm like, no, but it's different. I'm like, it's different. That's not a freight liner. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm like, that one's got watermelon lights. That one does. It's like... Okay, so on the note of what has surprised you, but what has surprised you about horses or the industry in a positive way and what has surprised you in a negative way? Any different than what you said before? In a positive way, you know, I briefly touched on it, but like it just the pure athleticism of the horses blows me away. You know, whether like we've gone to the NFR and seeing the barrel horses or seeing the the headers of the healers, like crazy. Going to a reigning show or going to watching cutters, like the athleticism of the horses blows me away. It's just like watching the NFL or, you know, major league baseball, like the athleticism of that level is just crazy. On the flip side, the thing I hate is how people you've got your finite set of really good horses, but the means people will go to, to make sure that horse is sound to go in an arena. Sometimes I've seen that and I hate it. Like, I'm just like that horse is injured. I've set out for the last two days watching it in the practice arena, look three-legged lame, and now it comes in the world show pin, and it is perfectly moving fine, goes out places in the top three, and I'm like, that ain't right. And I hate that. Like, that that rubs me the wrong way. You know, it's no different than horse races. It just feels kind of dirty sometimes, and I don't like that. That's the part that I'm just like, have a little more common decency for the health of the horse instead of wanting to win a buckle and in being so what? being so stuck on a title i, I think guess. what's important to me about that statement from you is that you're a non-horse person 
and you pick up on that. I mean, like he said, he will go sit in his golf cart and watch practice pins. It's not like oh. he doesn't sit there. You know, he doesn't just sit at these places for like five minutes, but he will sit there for a long time and watch them. And for him as a non-horse person to pick up on that and then notice it in the pen is a problem with our, you know, that's something we should be considering in the industry. One of our numerous problems at the moment. Yeah. So, All right, Jason. I mean, my exposure to the horse world has been pretty short so far, but I mean, the positivity is, I would say I love being around passionate people. So no matter what world it is. So like, I love going to these shows, no matter what type of show it is or what it is, but like, it's a big ass barn full of people that are extremely passionate about what they do. And I, I feed off that, like just in my own personal ways, I feed off of passion and people that work hard. So, I mean, that's a positive. I love seeing that end of it. A negative end of it, I think could probably piggyback off the positive is the unnecessary drama that happens at these shows. You'll go to this stall and they're talking badly of this person, or it's always this petty, unnecessary cutthroat type of stuff that I don't understand. Because in my head, y'all are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to come to these shows that it's already stressful enough. Why is there all this unnecessary bullshit involved? But I also can maybe see that maybe that comes out through the passion, through the competition end of it. But no, I mean, I, I don't really have a lot of, but like I say, my exposure to the horse world has been pretty short so far. I just, I get so frustrated and I tell Liz all the time. I mean, she does a great job of not getting involved in the drama, but I tell her all the time, like, you can't have an opinion. Like you own a business inside of this world. You can sit here and nod your head and, and smile, but you cannot sit here. I get on her all the time. Like, don't feed into it. Don't, because your livelihood, your income, your legacy is providing a service in this industry. You're not going to provide much of a service if you're talking shit about people or, you know, being involved in that petty little stuff. But no, I mean, that's really my biggest like negative, I would say that I see from the outside. And I'm just the guy sitting in the corner listening to all this because I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. That's fair. Yeah, you're spot He's on. He's super observant too. So yeah, I think we can tell that. <laughs> yeah, he's capable of taking in like things that I'm not even paying attention to all the time. And I think that helps keep me a little grounded because you know how it is. Like you and I, we've been involved in the horses forever. So we know people and we've both had our issues within the industry before. So he helps keep me away from like trying to focus on prior trauma from everything that I, you know, prior. So I don't know. He's just very good at like black and white, keeping me on that line. Straight on the straight and air. I do feel yeah. like it does help sometimes to have somebody that's not a quote horse person that you're, you know, in a relationship with, or, you know, if you're best friends with or whatever it may be just to provide a different perspective, because we can kind of get in our own like tunnel vision sometimes. I know he, you know, last year or whenever it was that for one year I had two horses going to every show. I mean, which gets inordinately expensive. Wasn't my best year showing ever. Don't ever do it. And, you know, while he's extremely supportive of me in the horse showing, which I'm thankful for, but, you know, he really was like, are you even enjoying Like this? she was so Do miserable. Like she'd come back crying, just upset. And I'm like, it's your fucking hobby. Like if you're not right. having fun, the amount of money you're spending, like we can fly private like four times a year. We go to Europe. 
We can go do all sorts of crazy things. I looked at her and I said, you need to do some soul searching and decide, is this really what you want to do? Because if you're this miserable and I'm coming and watching you this miserable, you're not going to do this anymore. Like I'm no longer going to support this. So that's on you to figure out. And I mean, it was, it was at that point, like, and it's good because you've had a, a little bit like a step back from it for a year, you know, horse being injured or like, and then, and then surgery, then now bread and, and then have full. a baby. So, or, yeah. And, and so, you know, it's just, I'm glad, but it was one of those things. She just wasn't enjoying the process anymore. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's your hobby. This is not, I think some, I think hobby. sometimes no matter what it is, whether work, hobby, whatever industry it is, I think sometimes you have to do that. I think, I think sometimes you get so wrapped up mm-hmm. financially, mentally, physically in whatever it is you're doing that sometimes it either takes an outside person or something to get you to step out of that box and look at it from a different angle to like gain that perspective back or remember what it is you're doing. Because I even find myself doing that. Like I live in a very, very stressful world and like, I don't talk about my feelings type of person, but Liz can read me like a book. So she can tell when I'm like just stressed out to all max. And she does a good job of that for me, reeling me back in, like, remember what it is you're doing. Like, look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have that balance for sure. Yeah. Well, as we begin to wrap up, we're going to ask you one more question. And then we have a quick little rapid fire round that we're going to do for Liz and I's own entertainment value. (laughs) But our last question is what words of advice do you have for other non-horsey significant others out there? Just support, support your, your significant others passion as long as they're in it. And I don't know, just don't worry about the money because <laughs> if you do, I love that. I love this. I really, screwed. I don't love you're it. Like, you got to, you got to set a budget at a certain point. I don't, we're going horse enough. shopping tomorrow. No, 0% chance. <laughs> <What's your favorite? laughs> you know where we're at with that one, but just, you can't think about it. Like you've got to be all in. If you're not, it's not going to work. I mean, and what I always tell people, you know, you'll hear different people. And I've heard this many times at horse shows, you know, different ladies will be like, oh yeah, my husband will pay for it, but he doesn't really care. He'll never show up. And I'm like, show up, be there. Because, you know, obviously if, if it's that big a deal to them, just writing a check, anybody can do that. You can easily be replaced as a dude for somebody else that can write the check, like actually show up and be there and support them because they actually, they give a shit about it. So be there, show up. Like I guarantee you're going to get to go on a couple more guy golf tournaments if you actually just show up and support them and it won't matter. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Just support them. I mean, even like Liz just started showing back this year. So yesterday was our first. And for the past year, I've been holding the camera bag and holding the monsters and carrying the camera stick around. And yeah, so I mean, like you said, just show up, do whatever you can. Don't be in the way, help, be supportive. Like, yeah, I mean, if you do choose to go down the crazy path of dating or marrying a horse girl, you know what you're getting into. Like, and then on the girl's end of it, like, make sure, like you guys said, make it very black and white up front. This is what my world is. Take it as it is. So I agree completely. Just you just got to be supportive. It's not even all just like you said, writing the checks. It's carrying the load and and helping doing whatever you can. I do want to add to that. Like on my end, being the horse crazy girl, I personally haven't had anyone ever support me in the way that Jason does. And I try to go out of my way to show my appreciation. And I always probably like a broken record, always tell him, thank you. And like, I appreciate you even being here. Like you go above and beyond. 
for anything that's ever been done for me before. So I think us ladies too need to remember like when they're putting in that effort, you need to make sure you are showing that you appreciate that because I think that also builds resentment too. Sometimes it's like if they're trying, but we're not, you know, doing our part to show that we appreciate that. I think it turns into resentment a little bit quicker. Acknowledge it on both sides. I know I always, I mean, I said with whoever I got in a relationship with, you know, in my adult life was like, I don't need you at every horse show, nor do I even probably want you at every horse show, but the ones that mean something to me, you know, like that's important to me. And I don't want that to be a problem. Like if you can't manifest yourself to go sit there for five days at a world show or something like that's a problem. Um, I create zero stress. Yeah. Like, and he's I'm great. And that's why it works. <laughs> and so I sit there and I'm like, I can be pissed off. I can sit there and be like, we just got hosed. And, and I'm like, I, I'm not barn blind. We got hosed. I know that's a good horse, but I just have to put on a good face. Hey, you did a good job. And inside I'm pissed off, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, we just gotta be supportive and like show mm-hmm. up and, and be present, you know? It goes both ways. A hundred percent. For yeah. sure. All right. Should we go into our rapid fire round? Yeah, I'm excited. Have on a piece of paper so Lance can't see it. Oh, that's fair. Okay. So in our little rapid fire round, the purpose of this is like, we're going to give you a word or a phrase and you both are going to give whatever the most immediate thought that comes to your head. So who's going to go first each time so we don't screw this up? I don't know. You can. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, you go no, first, no, or you no. guys could just blurt it out. No, I think it needs to be Jason because he's been in shorter time. I feel like Lance is going to have a little bit more edge being around the horses longer. So, sorry, you're going first. Jason. Yeah, that's fair. All right, you want me to read them all, Liz, or do you have a name? You can do yours that you thought of, and then I'll read mine. So, what am I doing okay. again? It's a rapid fire round, and the, it's whatever comes to mind first. Like what it is, what your reaction to this is. It doesn't matter what it, you know, what it, your reaction doesn't have to be correct. It's just like we want your normal, like whatever your normal reaction is. So, so the first one is tail extensions. Oh, weird. I never realized they were fake until one day I seen them fucking take one off. And I was like, how did they just <laughs> bolt the tail from a horse? <laughs> yeah. I never knew that was a thing until the show I got here. My thought was like, how do you wash the piss out of that thing? That was my first thought you of that extension. You, you wash it. Well, I but that I said the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. I'm like, if it pees in it, like how how do you how do you wash that thing? I don't know. That's fair. All right. Next one is vet work. Overpriced, expensive. I was like, how to make a living too. Yeah. Yeah. That's light, fair. Light your damn I, money on fire. I agree. That's yeah. <laughs> I I haven't seen much bills from Lincoln like in the past knock year, on, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, wood yeah. Literally. Yeah. But I've, I've heard and seen and stuff in the Forget past. And I was like, if, no, right. That's what I mean. Like I was like, holy cow. And I, yeah. Expensive, but I think needed, obviously. Breaches. That's the pants you wear. <laughs> I just bought a pair. What? Oh, last yeah, weekend. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I love that weird. <laughs> Definitely for females, not dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think we should get you a pair. I know. No shot. Halloween. Halloween costume. Dress as your spouse. Dapples. I don't even know what that is. I have no clue what a dapple is. Well, take a guess then. What do you think it is? I have no idea. Lance? Dapples. Do they like go on their feet or something? 
Yeah. I, 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 I figured idea. they probably wouldn't have any idea. It's basically like when their coats are like really shiny, like on a gray horse or a dark horse, they have like the kind of like coppery, like, I don't even know They're how like to describe spots it. Almost. Like spots within the coat when it's like a really good hair coat. Yeah. yeah I don't look at it that yeah. close. I just look at how they move. <laughs> All right. Top line. No idea. You got to you got to take a guess. It sounds like a product to me. Huh. It is. I mean, that's it, true. Kind of, it is. Yeah. There is a brand line. The feed, that that plug, that little plug, it helps with that sometimes. Okay. Yeah, tribute that feed. Yeah. What did you say? I said it's very important. Like top line, like I look at legs and I look at the top line of a horse cuz you want it to be like solid like <laughs> solid. Not solid, but you don't like like the mouth needs to be on the bit, head needs to be out, and like top line needs to look good. I mean, so explain me, explain me what top line is then. I don't know what it is. Oh, it's like it's like the top line of the horse, like from from the ass to the neck. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like how it moves. Like I don't want to see it bouncing. Like the top line needs to be smooth. I don't know. Like it's just part of what goes into good. Horses. So what what makes some of them like humped in the ass? They're like off. Like like you'll see some there. Like, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you at the world show level get harped on. On, I mean, top lines are just like such a huge thing right now. So that's probably why you yeah. you understand that term. I loved the explanation between the non-horse. <laughs> oh, it was great. Between what? Between you, you boys, not being involved in the he horse. Used to on that note, like would talk to me about a horse or whatever, and he's like, "I love its pace," and I'm like, "Its cadence." He's like, because he talked about like the pace at the lope, and I'm like. Pace at the lobe is it's not a thing. Like that's not what we're talking about. We don't have like, pace. And he always stole is like it has a good pace. And I'm like, that's not it drives her nuts, but I'm like, yeah, it like, moves that's right. Not what we're talking about. That doesn't sound that doesn't right in your head. <laughs> okay. My last one is a phrase, but it is your class is next over the loudspeaker. Start fucking running because you're not prepared and you didn't <laughs> you weren't paying attention to the show bill and you're still just putting peppy on and fixing your makeup <laughs> and god bless peppy yeah i know like uh, i'd be like if, if it said Jenna, if your class is next i'd be like oh she's fucked she <laughs> is not gonna show well hey because like if everything doesn't go exactly right and your horse isn't brushed down and you didn't get the spray on her hoofs and you know you she's just not ready and you're not calm Oh, it's just going to go to hell in a handbasket. Okay. Well, that's actually better than I thought he was going to say, because I figured he'd be like, yeah, you got like another hour before you got to actually show up. Cause it's always like a hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. Game, so. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't quite got to experience that yet, but soon coming. All right, Liz. All right. My first word is frog. Does Lance answer, answer these or me? Yeah. No, why don't you go first? No. Oh. <laughs> frog what, juice. what was it? Frog juice. Yeah, frog oh. juice. It's what <laughs> that'll make any crippled horse good. It's what they use in like racehorses. Not not, not legal. Not legal. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, back up. That's like steroids in baseball and like HGH. Yeah. Makes the makes the fucking sport a lot better though, doesn't it? <laughs> if I'm gonna go pay to watch a game, I want that dude to crush that ball. A two-legged lame horse is gonna look like a fucking world champion with frog juice. Once <laughs> you get tested, you're done. Disclaimer, we've never used frog juice in our life. Like, please, for the love of God, let's not imply like we know anything about this by any means. I, I just, we just, I'm aware here. You said frog. I mean, <laughs> we've seen it on, we've seen it on RFD one time on the red channel or whatever it is, that farmer channel. 
seen it once. Okay, but what's your take? <laughs> I have no idea. I didn't know what it was until Slam just explained it. That's <laughs> oh, that's still not it. That's that's probably not oh. it. No, <laughs> it's not it at all. Oh, it's part of the hoof anatomy. The frog. I like the, the I like the I like the drugs better, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> shovel myself a hole to crawl in. Right <laughs> they're probably editing that one out. Yeah, I say, yeah. Their editor's going to get their money worth this week. <laughs> um, My next one is Tree. Tree. Dead quiet. Yes, Tree. Oh, I feel like I've heard, I've heard this before. Never mind. But Never I mind. I'm thinking, what it means. I'm thinking of something different. I don't know if it's the same. But I know like in like the bodybuilding world, they talk about like your Chris, like the tree on your back, like a Christmas tree. That's the not grains. it. That's all I'm Maybe it's <laughs> that right. it. back, back. It's kind of on the back. Kind of on the back. Yeah. I have no. no idea. The neck. I don't know. It's not technically part of the horse itself, but it's something that goes on their back. Oh, it's a part of the saddle. Isn't it? Good no. job. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So what is it? It's the like part of the saddle that's like the the seat that is provides the structure mm-hmm. to the saddle without all like the adornments and yes. leather. Got it. Okay, sheath cleaning. <laughs> oh, let him go. I know this one. I don't even know sheath cleaning. <laughs> sheath cleaning. <laughs> is that cleaning up their like ass? <laughs> Not the ass. I don't know. Oh no, <laughs> flap. Is that like pulling the hood back, cleaning <laughs> yep. on the right track? <laughs> you are. Yeah. First time I ever saw this, we had one of our geldings here. And like, Jenna would have to, I'm watching this. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> I'm like, she's pulling this back and pulling these crusty things off. And I'm like, nah, all right. Lucky horse. Stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's disgusting. I'm going to start using that later. I think I need my sheath clean. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> when Liz gave me her list or whatever, I was like, I can't even remember if you, because I've shown Maris the whole time we've been together. We've had a couple Geldings, you know, that we owned here at the barn, but I didn't know if you had any like recollection of yeah. that. So apparently he remembers more than I thought he did. I mean, I feel like if you see that, that's something that's burned in your memory. That's a, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> you're not forgetting that. I was like, why has she got her hands on his what? And I'm like, what's this all about? And I'm like, how does this happen? <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> so I have two words on this one champagne, or I'm going to say it wrong because I've never said it out loud. I don't think Perlino. Perlino? Perlino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right out of the gate, I'm thinking that they're colors, like the color of a horse. Wow. Good work. I had no clue. That's is that right? That's a, yeah, that's right. Win for the home team. Fucking big horse guy here. <laughs> and my last one is hand. Oh, I know this. Do you? Look at me being cocky and probably going to be wrong. <laughs> like how tall they are. Well, well kind of. But Because I heard this question. 500 times yesterday when we go to this show and Lincoln is a monster compared to every horse that's there. And every single soul walks up to Liz. Like, how many hands is he? How many hands is he? And I'm like, it kind of gave it away yesterday. That's right. Yeah. I was like, if I hear this one more time, I'm going to spray paint it on his ass. She <laughs> <laughs> put 17 to Brandon. Yeah. He's branded on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. I'm proud of you. You got the last two, right? I'm a big horse. Do you guy. know how they measure a hand? No. Do you? I've seen her do it with her little stick thing. Do you know what a hand equals? Yeah. Like four, four inches? 
Wow. There you go. I'm impressed. I guessed. I had no idea. How, so how do they measure them? Like what, where did that, do you guys know where that terminology came from? Like, why can't you just say five 64 feet? inches or yeah, something? Yeah, like, yeah. Why I would imagine complicated? it has something to do with like some UK British Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering. But I on I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I, I probably totally I was a pony club kid growing up, so I'm sure Same. I knew then, but I don't I don't know now. So I'm ashamed. As smart as we look, we don't know everything. Yeah. All righty. Well, do we have any closing thoughts for today? This has been a I'm sure, you know, I don't know what kind of conversation this has actually been. But... <laughs> I had fun. Yeah. How how good. long ago, like how long in do you think your listeners just tuned out on this one? They're like, we're gonna go. <laughs> We're going to get next. We're going to catch next week's. They should tell us how many downloads this one gets versus the others. And we'll see. We'll yeah. see how, how yeah. fast they, they, they out. I don't know if I have any closing thoughts. I know yesterday after going to yesterday's show, it kind of popped something in my head knowing that we're doing this today. And maybe there is a big involvement. Maybe there's, there's a lot to it. But we've seen a lot of youth kids at this show yesterday. And mm-hmm. I thought that was great. I would like to see even our, our end of it for the business side of it, what we could do to get more kids involved. I think any industry, and I see it like in the industry I'm in for work, whether it's mechanics, diesel mechanics, construction, whatever it is, there are no young people coming up, even showing interest, let alone doing it. And it scares the shit out of me because that's the fastest way for an industry to die is for the generation of people that are retiring, getting out and nobody to fill those shoes. So yesterday when we were at that show, there was a lot of you. I thought there was a lot of youth kids. There was a lot of youth classes and I thought it was great. And I don't know, maybe a closing thought is, or, or question to you two is what is out there for people to get involved in, whether it's donating, supporting, spreading word, like what is out there for kids to get involved? Because I'm, like I say, not in the horse world, but I know that if people don't get involved, it's not going to be a thing. And if you want to keep your industry a thing, you got to have another generation to come in. It's funny because that's literally our conversation we've had all day, literally all day. Our first it's tough. I mean, like we talked earlier, the cost of entry is so hard and there's so many people that don't know how to do it. And I feel like as bad as it sounds, like there's people that might want to come into it but then they'll get screwed over in a bad situation and then they'll just like scares them off, you know? And so I don't know. Jenna's fighting this one hard. Like this is a big deal to you. I mean, it's, it's a huge deal to you. Yeah. Like ironically with you saying that our other podcast interviews today have actually been on that very subject and those will come out after this episode airs. So I have a million nuanced thoughts to that, that I could take an hour to talk about, but Liz is going to laugh at me again. I was like, what I'm going to say is it goes a long way just to smile at people, welcome people, thank them for coming to your horse show, like engage with them, be friendly, no matter who you are. I mean, I know when I stepped up to the breed show world, I didn't feel like I ever belonged and didn't really feel comfortable and was very intimidated. And I think it go a long ways if we're just, you know, freaking be nice to people. So yeah, I agree. Cause like, I mean, that show we went to yesterday was a local, very small show, but I mean, yeah, everybody. It was a great energy inside that whole place. Everybody was friendly. The judges were stopping youth kids and help. Like mid-show, the judges were stopping these kids and they're like, hey, this is change this, change that. And I like from an outsider's perspective, I thought it was great because like you're teaching them, but you're not belittling them. You're helping them, you know. And I I just worry all the time with what's gonna happen, like inside of my work industry of like 
what is going to happen 10 years from now? What's this look like? Because we're paying mechanics, we're paying truck drivers, we're paying excavator drivers, whatever it is, insane money. I mean, it's great money. They work hard, they deserve it. But if you back up 10 years ago, 15 years ago, these dudes were making half the money they make now because there's nobody to do it. And at some point, somebody has to do it or else these industries go to the wayside. And like the thing that scares me with the horse world is essentially this is a hobby for people. People make careers out of it, but those people won't have those careers if people aren't doing them as hobbies. So your trainers, your facilities are all that. None of that exists without the hobbyists, the enthusiasts doing it. So it's like, I wonder from like, just like a business perspective, like what could I do as a trucking company to try helping local youth kids get involved? What, you know, is, is that donating money? Is that sponsoring? Is that, you know, I don't know what's out there. And I wish, I wish there was something for that, a way for people to spread that knowledge, to spread a platform or whatever, whether it's on the, even as small as local or, or however big, but for, to get people like me, who's not a horse person, be able to just help. I don't think it's limited to any one. There's no one answer. I think all of those things need to happen. And what is the phrase of like, a, what is it? Rising tide raises all ships. It's like, if we get better and we help everybody else get better, we all get better. It's not like mm-hmm. that person needs to be your competition. Like if we raise them up, the industry will get better. And I think that's a mentality that we kind of need to get back around is like, let's raise the industry up because then it fosters competition and business and whatever it may be for the entire right. industry, not just worry about ourselves. But yeah. Yep. Cool. We're to come on that topic for sure <laughs> with our podcast coming out. So all righty guys. Well, it was nice meeting you both. Nice to meet you both as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we'll be hopefully meeting in person sometime. When we get our podcast studio. Yes. See, I told you. We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. I've been (laughs) I've been almost a year with contractors and it's lovely. We gotta take over Joe Rogan. We're not gonna do it sitting at home on I tell I tell her all the time when you guys are doing this when like my brother would go, What's Liz doing? I'm like, Oh, she's just Joe Rogan ended up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I've been like since you guys started this. I listen. I drive all day, so I'm always listening to podcasts. And like, I started kind of surfing around in the horse world after you guys do this, and I kind of listen to your guys' episodes. And I love what you guys are doing. I think it's great because you'd be surprised. There are a lot of idiots like me that don't have a clue, but they're wrapped up in this world because of their significant other. So, like the people you guys interview, and that I think it's great because I I learn a lot just based off of what you guys are doing because. I don't know. Maybe I mean, I, I don't see many episodes or any other channels out there kind of doing exactly what you guys are doing, like just knowledge on the industry. That's good. We like that. Yeah. yeah no, you're I, like I, a, and we're taking applications for our two year from now glam squad that we may need. So, yes, but yeah, we appreciate that. Just Jason, Justin, Jason. Um, it's, it's nice to know <laughs> we can even apply to non-horse people for whatever reason. So, yeah, that's nice. Well, cool. All righty, guys. Have, Have a good, good evening. <laughs> See ya. Bye. All right. That'll be your class. Bring them in and line them up.